So today is the Gospel of the Ten Lepers. And when we learned about this parable in primary school, uh, there was a lovely, the, the message was very nice and obviously child-friendly and very simple that uh, Jesus helped ten lepers and only one of them came back to thank him. And so we should be grateful. You know, it's a lovely little message for kids. You know, say thank you, basically. Say thank you. If someone gives you an ice cream, say thank you. Uh, and that's nice. It's important to also uh, see these realities, these biblical accounts, uh, from an adult's perspective, though, as well. Like, our faith has to grow up with us. So, yes, the gospel is about thanking, but it's about a little more than thanking. So, um, let's look at this, at this uh, account uh, from the perspective of adults. Right? Very important. So, on the way to Jerusalem... Uh, this is the border between Samaria and Galilee there are ten lepers now it's important to keep in mind what exactly life was like for a leper a leper wasn't just an ill person a leper had no hope a leper had no future a leper was despised by everybody and terror uh, struck terror in everybody's hearts you know so you were you suddenly became like you became the zombie Right? Everybody would run away from you. Like, well, it's just me. It's just me. You know? Uh, but people would be terrified of you because leprosy had no cure and it was fatal. Now, the majority of people are actually immune to leprosy, but people back in the day didn't know that. And besides, even if it's only a 20% chance of you know, your face falling off, would you take it? Uh, most people would, would, would prefer not to give that one a go. Uh, so, so if you got leprosy, you had to leave your family, you had to leave your work, you had to leave your, your friends, you had to leave society. You were now an outcast. And interestingly, or sadly as well, from a Jewish perspective, um, the Jews saw wealth and health as blessings from God. Right. So if you were wealthy and you were healthy, God obviously liked you and was blessing you with these good things. But the, the opposite was also true. If you were unhealthy and poor... God was obviously punishing you. So if you got leprosy, you obviously did something terrible. So not only were you an outcast because of your illness, you were also considered like you know, the scum of society. Like You must have done something absolutely awful. Who knows what he did like. But he must have done something really bad for God to inflict this on him. Okay? So lepers didn't just have a bit of an illness. right? They were absolutely they had, they were hopeless. No cure, no way back, and then this prognosis, which would lead to a slow degradation of their bodies until you die alone. No family, no God even to take care of you, because he had obviously rejected you at this point, so there was nothing, right? So having leprosy was was horrendous. It was absolutely awful. Okay. So as he entered one of the villages, ten lepers came to meet him. They stood some way off and called to him, Jesus, Master, take pity on us. They had nothing to lose. They had no, there was no solution to this thing, no cure. So they call out to Jesus, Master, take pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Uh, Master, that one is going to be a bit difficult, okay? 
if we go into any sort of like an urban area, people will run and shriek and drag their children away to safety, lest they be contaminated by us. How are we going to just like walk into town and then like go up to a you know a synagogue and say, "Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I was one of those lepers there. I just have to, you know, some random randomer sent me to to you to verify that I've ha- that I have been cured." Okay, so what's what's the Lord doing here? Okay, He's asking for a couple of things, but He's also speaking to us. He's asking for an act of faith. Okay, an act of faith. So he like he it's it's funny because he doesn't. He doesn't make it very clear. He doesn't like pray over them and uh, make it very clear, I have now healed you. Right? So people say, uh, the, 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 the lepers say, Master, take pity on us. And the Lord responds, go and show yourselves to the priests. Okay? So, so they, they have to take this act of, make this act of faith. Now, I presume they, they would have seen within themselves that they have now been cured because they, they could feel their hands again they could feel their, their nose again the, the way leprosy works I think it's kind of a bacterial thing uh, so it, it, eats, it kills off the nerves so you start to lose feeling in your hands and feet ears and in the, any of the extremities first then they start to blister and eventually just fall off so they just get infected and yeah, swell up in bits and pieces of you just on the floor so so they would have felt suddenly, I can feel, you know, I can feel my fingers again, I can feel my ears again, I can feel my nose again, I can, you know, I can, I can walk upright. So they would have felt the healing. But now they have to make this act of faith and go into town and talk to the priest. Now, this is also a metaphor for confession. Because uh, lepers, as I say, weren't just ill people. They were outcasts from society. They had been cut off from society because of their illness. Now, society cuts us off, sorry, sin cuts us off from the mystical body of Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Sin separates us from, mortal sin separates us from grace. Mortal sin separates us from God. So how do we get reintegrated? How do we uh, heal that wound? How do we become part of the body again? Show yourselves to the priest. Go to a priest get confession, be absolved. And it's the priest then that, that back in the day would certify you, if you will, and the person has actually been, been healed or has been cured so they can be reintegrated into society. They can go back to their family. It was the priest who would as such sign off on it. And so, as a, metaphorically speaking, then that's how confession works. It's, it, it's the priest then who reintegrates the person back into the mystical body of Christ through absolution. Okay, so... Again, this isn't like an adult. It's good to see these, these uh, stories from the perspective of an adult as well. So to see, see there's way more going on here than just be nice and say thank you. This is, this, is, this is much deeper. Finding himself cured, one of them turned back, praising God at the top of his voice and threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. Okay. Uh, this... We have to keep in mind, uh, so Samaritans were not looked on favorably by Jews at all. So the, the 12 tribes of Israel were divided into two around Jerusalem and the other 10 up north. Okay, So two in, in Judah and then 10 in Israel. Uh, the two in, in Judah were considered the only ones who remained faithful because they had temple sacrifice in Jerusalem. The only place where temple sacrifice could be taken could take place legally, if you will. 
you know, the Passover, the, the slaughter of the lambs, that took place only in the temple in Jerusalem, it took place in no synagogue nor the church in the whole world. It was only in Jerusalem. About 250,000 lambs would be slaughtered over uh, the Passover. So that's, anyway, that's just to give you an idea of, of, of the, the scale of this thing. But it only took place in Jerusalem. Every other synagogue was for preaching and teaching. They weren't for, 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 for temple sacrifice. The Samaritans, on the other hand, were part of the, the ten northern tribes. And in order to, to, to stay away from Jerusalem, in order to, to show that they don't need Jerusalem and they don't need the other two tribes, they started uh, making sacrifices in other churches. or We call them churches, synagogues or temples. Okay, So this was considered a pagan practice. This was, was considered... Uh, uh, an act of infidelity to God's law. Okay, so Samaritans basically were rejected by uh, Jew, standard Jews, by Orthodox Jews. So it's just it's 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 Jesus. I mean, Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan. And again, we hear that and think it's a lovely story of being nice to people. A good Samaritan that we kind of like Jesus today telling a story maybe of the you know the good Muslim. You know, uh, people who have, there's a bit of tension between us and them, but Jesus deliberately picks uh, in the story a, a faith that's a, a bit of loggerheads with ours to show, you know, the goodness of, of people regardless of, of their faith. So like, there's, goodness in, there's goodness in people. We shouldn't brand everyone just because they're Muslim, just because they're Irish, just because they're English, just because they're American, just because they're Saudi Arabian. They're all that way. It's not true. We should always look for the good. Should always look for the good. So the man who comes back, feeling that he had been healed, was a Samaritan. Again, people listening to this story, when Jesus would have told the story afterwards, I mean, this is a, this is, isn't a parable; it's a true story. But when the, the story would have been recounted afterwards, you can imagine the Jews going, "Huh, a Samaritan, a Samaritan came back, and you spoke to him, you let him speak to you. Why? He's a Samaritan, a dirty pagan." You know, like, there, there was just disdain for them. So the man who comes back is a Samaritan. And Jesus says, we're not all ten made clean. The other nine, where are they? It seems no one has come back to give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, stand up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. And again, you can imagine, like, to the ears of anybody listening, the faith of this pagan this, this infidel, this, this, this person who has broken God's law and you know, makes sacrifices not in Jerusalem but in other temples. His faith has saved him. It just, it would have, that would have sounded so strange to them because surely it's those who are faithful and those who are you know, regularly in the temple and maybe even scribes and Pharisees who absolutely thought themselves justified because they, at least externally, followed the rules. But Jesus says to this, to this foreigner, to this uh, pagan, your faith has saved you. And this man is full of praise. Now, again, we can, we can glean a lot from this for ourselves, but I think it's good to maybe see ourselves maybe as that Samaritan, imperfect, not getting everything right, but still loved by the Lord, still healed by him, and that our faith, obviously it's all his grace, saving us. That we're, we, we can be absolutely saved and healed and reintegrated into, into the family 
of God into back into his mystical body. This is you know, there's something very beautiful here because it means that if we fall, when we fall, or no matter how far we've fallen, there's always hope. These lepers didn't have hope. They had lost hope. Because there was no hope. So they in desperation they call out to this travelling preacher. Nothing to lose. And their faith saves them, especially this this, uh, this Samaritan. So what does that mean? It means I can call out to the Lord. I can call out to him in faith. And the Lord will, will deliver, always does. It also underlines the importance of praise. The importance of praising God. We have the, the beginning of the, of the, the account where the, the, the lepers call out to the Lord. But then once they get what they ask for, and we're, I think, all guilty of this. Once they get what they prayed for, get what they asked for, they don't thank the Lord. And how often like, have we prayed for, to get your driving test, prayed to pass an exam, prayed to some situation, some friendship that isn't going so well, and you, and you pray for it, and then it, it, you know, it gets better, great. And then we move on to the next intention. Move on to the next problem. How often do we go back and say, Lord, I mean, I asked for this, and you gave it to me, you have blessed me. Thank you. Thank you. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting. Praise the name of the Lord. The Lord is exalted over all nations. His glory above the heavens. That's Psalm 113. Just a lovely psalm. Of, beautiful psalm of praise. Just praising the Lord for everything. So, so important for us. To get back to it. And I find the more... We get weighed down and bogged down. The more uh, dark things become, the more the, the heavier the weight upon our shoulders. The more we praise Him, the more we kind of come out of ourselves. Because when when we're weighed down by something, it can make us very inward-looking, you know. And all we see is the problem. All we see is the problem. All we see is the problem. We don't see the light. We don't see the hope. We don't see the Lord. And that just is, is, is terrifying, because then all, all, you, all you see is the problem. The problem just gets worse. The problem has, it has, no, has no solution. The problem is just it's a dead end. It's dark. It's bleak. But somehow, praising the Lord, just praising him, cuts through that, and now we start focusing on him. Now, the problem might still be there. Now, the Lord, again, in his wisdom and in his providence, uh, he, may be, he may be healing it through a process. He may heal it quickly. Maybe the problem isn't as big as we thought. There could be all sorts of things. Going on. But raising our gaze to him and praising him, that's, that, that is like, that's, that's medicine in the spiritual life. Medicine for the soul. It's so, so healing and so important and so necessary. And it's not the property of the charismatic movement. Nor do they want it to be, by the way. It's not their fault. But praising him, you don't have to be a charismatic to praise the Lord. This is in the Psalms. This is for everyone. Like, all of us are supposed to praise the Lord in thanksgiving for what he has done or for what he will do so we ask the Lord today to teach us through this this uh, gospel account of the ten lepers to heal us to, to teach us that there's always hope regardless of our circumstances our situations our illnesses our darkness there's always always hope to teach us also that no matter how far we've fallen, the Lord comes in search of us. To teach us through this account the power of confession. We 
been reintegrated back into society, back into the mystical body of Christ through absolution. The importance of praise. That when we have experienced these miracles of the Lord, to praise his name, both now and forever. Because as the Lord says, stand up and go on your way, for your faith has saved you. Amen.